Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Welcome once again to Reckless Attack, the fifth edition, the, <laughs> the fifth edition the. Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I am, as always, GM Nathan, joined by the lovely smiling faces of the players here at Reckless Attack. Hello, players. Hi. Hello, Nathan. Nathan. Did I throw you off? I, you know, I was like. I'll come up with a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come up with a fun thing to kind of like pile on. And then I just didn't. And then I just didn't. But Nathan, S Catman. <laughs> a, a valuable callback yeah. to where we definitely weren't recording. Yeah. <laughs> and no or, one will understand. And no those. one will understand. Well, actually, maybe we'll maybe But it we'll made you giggle, so it counts. It, that's true. That's true. Uh, let us all go round once more, as we so often do, introducing ourselves, starting on my right with. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve. And I am playing Selv Asterlin, the Dragonborn Monk, who is finally, finally, Selv has come back to Agmar. <laughs> and uh, I, I cannot uh, spock an eyebrow, but, you know, if you would picture me spocking an eyebrow, that would be fantastic. I, that, really, that... I really did not know Spock did that. Me neither. Now. Yeah. Well, this this table is now, there's a wall in between us <laughs> yeah. for all eternity until some amount of Star Trek and, is consumed. And, you know, we have just become an educational podcast. That's yeah. true. <laughs> you know, perhaps other people have learned something as well. Reckless Attack, a fifth edition eyebrows podcast. Yes. <laughs> and to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And uh, to Steve's point, yes, we are back in Agmar, and Kaskrin could not be happier because... Heck, everything outside the walls. Just, the whole <laughs> Just get it out of here. Don't like it. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play the Checkers, the Grung Druid, <laughs> and it's Trusty Frog Pals, Mango and Junior. And Checkers is, like, trying to rank where the previous adventure was on mm. his experiences, his list of adventures. And it's like, hmm, is this top three? Maybe. Now, right? <laughs> now for, for Checkers, is that the whole overarching like two-ish weeks of travel or is it individual events across that are kind of independent adventures? Like the entirety of the last two weeks compared to the rest of his short life. Right. Got it. <laughs> well, I guess what I, the real question I was asking is if Checkers was recording Patreon content uh, for a recap yeah. behind yes. the screen, support yes. us on Patreon, would he be individual <laughs> podcasts for each of these events or for each of the travel arc Air quotes. For the individual events, I Got would it. say. So. Yeah, yeah, yes. that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Archon Domain. And Val's really excited to be back with the menagerie of pets. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have so many. Our donkey, Hoti, and Colaprico, the chicken that was lawfully procured yes yep lawfully procured absolutely we have the title and everything yep. above board <laughs> yep exactly uh and you also of course have etrus yes the yeah. third part the third animal in your collection <laughs> mm -hmm. yep exactly I mean, he also, does basically live in the shed out back <laughs> yes and also lawfully acquired yes <laughs> <laughs> very true mm -hmm. uh 
Oh, I was just going to say, he's the uh, Golden Tree Adventuring Guild starting item. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. I guess so, yeah. You guys did come with like, all right, create your characters, pick from this sheet. Also, create your guild, pick from this sheet yeah. of weird resource that you get. Oops, we rolled on this table and you got a weird potion smith who, ooh, that's weird, roll, 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 and a donkey? Okay, right on, whatever. With mysterious, yet-to-be-determined appendages. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Still well-nubbed, might I add. That's right, you guys have made it back to the red city of Agmar. It has been a, a long two weeks, obviously, but you were able to go out, kind of kick back, enjoy some some torts and or ports over at the local watering hole, and kind of stumble back home to your guild, along with your guildmaster Berga, uh, and joined by Hody and Colaprico. And actually, not all of you technically mm -hmm. went back, but we'll get to that here in a second. We join our adventurers the next morning, which maybe for some of you comes a little too soon <laughs> and brightly and loudly for it, uh, for the, the fun activities you had the <laughs> evening before. And so each of you wake up in wherever it is that we last left you and you feel a mix of things. Some of you might feel a little bad. <laughs> some of you might feel a lot bad. <laughs> but, crucially, before we get into too much of the good, good drama and role-playing and Dungeons and dragons -ing, you also feel a little good, too. Because not only were you blessed by a massive hangover, you were also blessed with a level up. Hey. That's right. Nice. Wow. That's right. I've worked in a second reference to our Patreon because you can go right now to, to support us on Patreon and listen to our level up episodes as we level up all our characters to level seven. 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 Yep. Yes. I lost count immediately. Like as soon as I stopped going to websites to help me balance like encounters, mm -hmm. it's gone. That information is gone for me. You could have told me you were level nine. You could have told me like, no, Nathan, we're only level five. And I've been like, okay, sure. Sounds good. It's hilarious because you told us to like make our characters a while ago so we could record said Patreon content. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait, we should level up to eight? Like, <laughs> Leveling up okay. again? Wow. Every yes. time you drink Malort, you get a level up. So. Yeah. <laughs> every time, Lord, every time you survive that night. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's true. A that's legendary true. quest. <laughs> that is the golden tree equivalent of just going out and slaying boars. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just you start your morning every day with a shot of Malzwort, hoping that it'll get you enough XP to level you up. <laughs> it's happened at least day. twice. Like, you know, we got to keep trying. <laughs> <Yeah. out. laughs> well, I, I think the next step is actually we go on the harvesting quests to get the ingredients That's that are true. needed mm -hmm. for Mal's Ward. Because mm -hmm. it's more, the more potent you make it, the higher the level. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly. true. You need a greater Mal's Ward now to really <laughs> get your, your time's worth. And so we find all of our adventurers as you guys all collectively kind of whenever it is that you are, mm, I won't use the word ready per se, whenever your natural rhythms wake you, shall we say, <laughs> uh, you hear a little bit of hustle and bustle kind of downstairs, sort of quiet, but just enough that you can tell that someone is already up and at them and you can engage with the day <laughs> as you see fit. Who are we glimpsing as they wake up first. I will say Val is definitely up first because as she has grown in her cleric knowledge, as she was walking home with her 
guild members in Berga last night. She cast protection from poison on herself. <laughs> and she had been casting it kind of a, like throughout the night. So she would remember to keep like. Right. Staying on top it. of things. She might have been a little too drunk to cast it on other people at that time. Well, you got to save the precious spell yeah. slots. Mm-hmm. You know, she had to send a message to right. her mom. Right. Let her know she was home okay. So. <laughs> just, just drunk dialed your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you cast protection for poison and got then yeah, you yeah, call your it. mom. Oh, um, man. I can totally see kind of a drunk Val uh, accidentally like butt sending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom. Just like the, the hey is like seven words. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel Val's mom would be like, She's experiencing 100%. life. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, but but I also imagine that you you assume you send it to your mom, but you actually send it to somebody else. So like Checkers gets this message. <laughs> it's just Val, like, hey, mom. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. so at what is how, so Val is feeling is not is not feeling the effects so much of last mm-hmm. night's partying, other than any sort of social afterglow that she yeah. may may be experiencing. Val has been up pretty early. You know, just excited for the day she woke up before anybody else made herself a hot beverage and got straight to the desk of doing and used its magical administrative properties to transfer knowledge from her notebooks to official reports. She knows Jack Brill was really gung-ho about getting those reports very excited in on time you know had the official paperwork ready but Val has crafted a sheet of parchment that is the exact same size and font and layout but just like extra essay pages (laughs) that she can put into the official report the free response section yes exactly so Given the desk of doing magical properties and whatnot, she's probably like almost done with the two weeks. Given how many hours before everyone else wakes up, uh, and and at some point in this morning, you see Berga like super bleary eyed, <laughs> just like push herself in her wheelchair like past the doorway, and then you see her just back up and go back <laughs> through the doorway and just like bleary eyed look at you. And so, and Taroth is just perched like on her head, and they're both just like looking at you, and just kind of give like a a little just weary wave, and go off to the kitchen to prepare breakfast for yeah. for the rest of the guild. Val will wave back, and as Burgo's wheeling herself and Taroth down the hall, she'll just like softly yell, "Like coffee's on the stove. I made it. Oh shoot, it's probably cold by now." Uh, 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 uh. So I feel like Kaskrin and Val have a bit of a rivalry on who can wake up earlier. Because Val just, like, keeps getting up. And Kaskrin's like, no, my, my, I will not stand for this. I have to, I have to be the one that gets up earliest. Right. Is it like a city guard yeah. point of pride? Yeah. And so while Valeska has been casting protection from poison all night, Kaskrin has just been off the side with his 2d20s rolling constitution (laughs) on saves against poison. Val has such a frail constitution. (laughs) 
got just a wonderful image of Kaskarin just going to the side, like swaying, <laughs> and then just fishes in his pocket and grabs two dice and throws them on the ground. And they're like a four and a five. He's like, no, this time. Yeah. And this goes back to the group and wait another 10 minutes. Yeah. Finally and gets then, a nat 20. He's like, my God, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I can do anything. Or or he, he rolls that and gets the four and five. And then he goes, well... At least I got this, and gets the coin out. Yeah, like <laughs> coin. And then, and then all of Citadel, I've never needed you more. <laughs> I need to take a one-hour short rest so that I have spell slots too, so I can do this better. I'll be back. Everyone walks out, comes back later, and so I imagine as you enter the map room with the desk of doing, Kaskrin is also there. <laughs> oh no. no! See, we okay. we're gonna have to roll off. Okay. Oh, I'm, that. I'm I'm here for it. All right, grab your d twenty because like I need to know. Yep. Uh, I I I will give. Let's see. It feels maybe Constitution. Oh no! I will destroy you. Does that? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what other. I think it's just a straight roll. Do I get advantage on this? Well, why don't I get advantage? <laughs> I've invested spell slots in I'm this. I'm literally made of stone. <laughs> that's that's true. Yes, stone and, but and, you would have consumed at least three times as much alcohol I as I have a racial trait that's actually <laughs> resistance against poison. Yes, and I have cast the magical version of that to protect all right, all right, all right, Val all right, all right. from jo- poison. Jonathan Steve, is this good podcast? I can't tell. <laughs> I feel like this, this ventures into PvP. I, gotta, that's true. That's I, true. I, actually, I, I believe this is fantastic content for the after episode. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point during the morning... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, give, give, give me the dice roll. Give me the, let's just no, let's no. do it. All right, all right. Three, two, one. Are we adding our modifiers? No, straight rolls. I have a 13. Damn, I have a 12! Yes! <laughs> so you see, as you walk into the map room, Catherine Brightmane over the giant holographic map with a giant shitting grin on his face because he knows he woke up 27 seconds earlier than you did. <laughs> I was going to say. Ran down to the map room. Wiped the sleep from his eyes, and it was like that was like as she woke up, like very calmly, peacefully. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna get stuff going." Heard like clomping feet go down. It's like, what is that? And then there's Kaskrin waiting for you. I would like to imagine that Kaskrin somehow knows how to cast alarm and has put that outside Val's door. Just know, just to know, just to know, and then his. Door, his room is closer to the stairs, and that is the time he needs to yeah. beat Val. He's he's <laughs> visited Azan and gotten a whole notebook full <laughs> yeah. just of the alarm spell, and just blew a lot of guild resources yeah. on that, just so yes. he can make sure he's there for for paperwork times. Yeah, uh, listeners, I would like you to know this rage induced is Sophie and not Val. Val, <laughs> Val, is Val. I Sophie. Yes. Want to be David at this <laughs> Got it. Got, yeah, a good clarification. Thank you. So yes. Yeah, so what, knowing knowing what Val's morning looks like, that she has done some of the waking up, getting coffee ready. How does Kaskarin, while starting twenty seven seconds earlier, <laughs> what? How does he? How does he kind of interplay with that? I think. At some point, you know, we're both in the map room, and while Valeska is, like, compiling notes and getting the report ready, Kaskrin is modifying the map in the map room and, like, adding all the notes and everything, yeah. especially from the cartography or the, the maps that you have made on our journey. 
bold of you to assume that <laughs> you beating me down to the map room would get you access to this. No, you definitely have them. <laughs> just but, like a lot. Like, yeah. Sophie, not foul. <laughs> Sophie, not foul. Yeah. Just like mental notes. And it's like, ah, uh, Tree City updating, like, cursed, you know, like, uh, here's giant grave and things like mm-hmm. that. What do you think that looks like? So, like, so as a reminder, the map room in the guild hall, uh, there is just a kind of like holographic 3D projection of the kind of nearby map of the area that there's kind of different settings you can have it to, including showing the notes of other former adventurers mm-hmm. who have been through here. And I don't think that we ever got into like adding notes or anything like that to the, you know, kind of to the flavor of it. So what is when Kaskarin is doing it? What does that look like? Does he have just a quill that it kind of magically like uh, goes along with? Does he dictate? Does he, you know, feed it like a fax machine (laughs) with the notes (laughs) and it it updates? A whole bunch of punch cards. Yes, right. Exactly. I actually kind of imagine it like a whiteboard plus Mm -hmm. 3D pen. Where he's, totally. like, physically in the hologram with, like, the whiteboard marker. Yeah. And, like, where the previous guilders had their notes in, like, this kind of purplish pink, he's got his now in this, like, orangish-yellow color and is making, you know, other notes in in the air, basically, where these landmarks are. Cool. I'd like to add to that if... I can use a spell in a different way and Kastgren would mark particular spots of interest sure. for Val to follow up later oh, with yeah. encode thoughts of like this needs a little bit more detail um, I think you know where we met Lorana's water buffalo like it's kind of better to have a visual of that so Val could put- like along the, where the uh, the the kind of like uh, crater-ish kind of area was? Yeah, because yeah. it's hard to, like, capture in a few words that desolation and that utter lack of life. So Val can cast encode thoughts and put that thought there uh, to be, like, looked at later yeah, or like for somebody cool, else to reference. Like a video game cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine as we're working through this, like, there are a couple locations that have like little icons of the illustrious atheum with the eye and the chalice that are just like floating over them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm imagining the map is magical enough and like intelligent enough to smoothly integrate these encode thoughts mm-hmm. for like follow-ups later. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So you were spending your morning updating kind of the guild records, yeah. basically. Awesome. How does Selv start his day? Again, knowing that you guys have this kind of meeting at some point kind of in the late morning times, but... Um, what, how is Selv feeling and what is he up to? So I, Selv feels pretty good. You know, health-wise, he's above average, not as healthy as, say, Cass, but he is, he is kind of healthy. And he does have this ring that, that allows him to fend off some ill effects occasionally, uh, a little bit better than, than everybody else. But... I was picturing Selv up first. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, he could be, and we just never we saw just never him. Saw him. <laughs> because because their, their competition was about getting to the desk of doing in map yeah. room first. Selv's was not. <laughs> right. So basically, nobody went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Val slept. No, no. So in the morning, Selv is one of those people that wakes up with the dawn, just because he has been doing that, and that was kind of what was conditioned into him at the monastery. And the first thing he would do would be to go get a a small cup of tea, go to the roof, 
and maybe meditate with the the, the sun coming up uh, before coming down and getting ready to start his day and greet all of the people that have slept in so so much, <laughs> at least from his point of view. I would picture Selv coming downstairs and uh, maybe hearing some discussion coming from the map room between between Cass and Val and uh, would just kind of poke his head in, take a, his last sip of tea and just say, Good morning. I trust you all slept well. And then... As Cass and Val continue to discuss over the map and maybe not even hearing Selv, <laughs> he just kind of nods, looks at the uh, the, the small little uh, tea leaves that are left in his tea and just says, it's going to be a busy day. And then walks over to the kitchen to look for something to eat. That is some extraordinarily middle manager energy. <laughs> Everything good in here? All right, just checking in. You guys let me know if you need anything. I'm going to go grab some more tea. Keep it up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and need that stapler. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. need you to stay later tonight. <laughs> Don't forget we got that big meeting at around 11 o'clock. So if you could be sure to be here, that'd be great. I would need those uh, TPS reports, the uh, total total party sinking. <laughs> <laughs> and Berga is there, you know, kind of by the time that you're up and about. And she just like kind of wordlessly, but like happily passes you whatever, you know, kind of variation of a usual self-breakfast might look like. It's kind of a, uh, it's mostly made up of meat, but there are enough small fresh fruit slices and a little bit of vegetables to acknowledge the fact that selves should probably eat those <laughs> um, in order to maintain a, a healthy, well-balanced diet. But it is the majority of it is, is some kind of roasted or cooked meat. A charcuterie place yes. for the dragonborn. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is your pilot speaking. I would like to welcome you to Reckless Airlines. Our total flight time for this episode is approximately one hour, and we will be cruising at an altitude of 2,000 frog stacks. In a little bit, the fight attendants will be by with complimentary clips and excerpts from previous Reckless Attack episodes. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts, and we would like to thank you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed your experience during today's episode, please be sure to fill out the in-flight survey and leave us a rating or review, or tell a friend. Book your next flight with us at www.recklessattack.com, and thank you for listening. Finally, where does, what, what's Checkers up to? So I think maybe an hour or so after Val and Cass start their day in the map room, you just hear from down the hallway a hopping sound of something landing repeatedly. And then the door creaks open and you just see Mango kind of put his little head inside. And on the back of Mango is Checkers just completely passed out. <laughs> no idea what's going on. And Mango just jumps into the room and sees both of you hops over to the desk of doing and just kind of like 
jettisons Checkers <laughs> off his back, and Checkers just flops over, completely unconscious, onto the desk of doing, snoring incredibly loudly. Is Checkers still bright purple? It's calmed down a little bit. He's like more of like a pinkish green right now. It's coming down a little bit. And then Mango looks at both of you and just bleh, opens up his mouth. And on his tongue, you just see two torts from torts and ports. <laughs> I, I was going to say, actually, it's a whole bag yeah. of torts. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a little note that just has a heart on it that says, <laughs> glad you guys are back. Uh, and it, But it is just absolutely stuffed yep. with a variety of torts. Surprisingly, the bag is not, like, sticky or soggy or anything. It survived the trip just fine. So he <laughs> deposits the bag of torts on the table and uh, takes one and goes to find self. Frag of, frog of holding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Val will walk over to Mango before he leaves and give him some little pats and scritches. Mm-hmm. Good boy, Mango. Uh, and then we'll go over to Checkers and cast Protection from Poison. <laughs> and give it, like... 30 minutes mm-hmm. to really let him Do sleep off the couple room. saving throws. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she'll also roll him off of her notes. Just like, <laughs> just like a little further back onto the desk of doing. <laughs> Maybe to that like heating pad part that keeps your tea warm to like warm up the frog a little bit. Uh, yeah. like, like give him a little good napping spot. <laughs> so the morning is kind of busy for you guys. Again, while you had a busy couple of weeks and you got to kind of let loose a little bit. You guys know that there is still stuff to do. There's work to be done and seem to do so with an amount of joy and enthusiasm for those of you who are still conscious. The morning kind of goes on for a little while and eventually Berga would kind of knock on the map room. And I'm imagining that Checkers has kind of started stirring at this point and maybe Self has kind of finished his... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Checkers is Sorry, sleep. Jonathan just did a huge, just very dramatic head shake to that. <laughs> Checkers is going to sleep straight through the meeting at 11 with all the... Indi- <laughs> all through the work that we have today and like 8 p.m. tonight. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Val will Character choices. roll Checkers onto Mango at the time of the meeting, whether or not Mango comes to the meeting with Checkers yeah. on their back. <laughs> Up to Mango. Yeah. We just set checkers like in the chair, like with the hat down. Yeah. Are you weekend at Bernie's? Draw on his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good, Val, good, good. Val and Self make just like glasses, just with giant eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, kind of as the morning wears on, Berga eventually comes in and gives a knock on the map room, trying not to interrupt whatever you guys are doing, but still is uh, just kind of gets your guys' attention and just says, uh, "Just so you all know, uh, I think our guests will be here fairly soon." Where would you like me to send them? Where would you like to receive them? Can you remind me, Berga, we're meeting with the Shield of the Bones. Vina Calvetta is coming. And Garnak, right? Yes, Vina herself is coming, which is um, pretty surprising. I may or may not need to tell you. Um, she uh, does not come around with the members of the Bones very often. I think it's just a an optics thing, you know, the, well, her, who she is, and they, who they are. We'll take them in the map room, if that's all right. Of course. After a little bit, you can, as you guys kind of settle in, kind of that awkward in-between time, right, where you're just kind of like in the meeting room waiting for the meeting to start. Eventually you hear a kind of thud on the front door that you guys can kind of hear echoing through the guild hall, and you hear... Berga, greet someone and let them in, and you kind of hear 
hoof clops, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> coming down the hallway where you eventually see the large, massive form of Garnak, who was the minotaur sorcerer who you guys initially met during the Mothman attack, uh, who was saved by Checker or by Mango and Junior, I believe, as I recall. And Val and I start operating the pulley system for checkers to make him look like he's awake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Val has actually just like propped him up in a chair in the corner and Mango sitting in front of him just trying to be like, oh, look at me. I'm cute. Mango. Don't, <laughs> don't pay attention me. to the passed out frog behind me. <laughs> he just kind of looks around at you guys. He gives you all nods and, and that kind of thing, but it's kind of quiet and just kind of looking around at you guys, no pun intended, sheepishly kind of points to chairs like, uh, can I sit? Is, is yeah! It, is it here, or what do we... Yes. Welcome, Garnack. Yes, please, sit down. Thanks, thank you, thank you. And just kind of, like, sits his massive form in a relatively normal-sized chair. Just kind of sits there awkwardly, just kind of, like, looking around at you guys, not really saying anything. Selv will go up to Garnack and kind of pat him on the shoulder. Thank you for putting us in touch with, um... The sorceress. I now know how difficult that was to get the words out. And he, as soon as you kind of say thank you and like, I know how difficult that was, his shoulders relax just a little bit. And it's like, ah, yeah, she is a lot. But I'm glad you guys made it. Hopefully you got what you needed. And I mean, we'll talk about it. But okay, good, good. You know, he continues making small talk until you hear another bang at the door. This one louder at the front. Instead of hoof clops, you hear kind of the clunk of armor as it comes in and realize that this is the shield. Making much more noise than the bones usually do. Because the shield, while most of the bones are like, ah, yes, just perfect instruments where everything fits perfectly and there's no squeaks of armor. The shield, who is the leader of the bones, is much larger and much more impressive. Their form is basically a large rectangle. Their suit of armor has a little bit more design and filigree, clearly showing that they are some form of leader in what was the lasting lesion. Just out of curiosity, is the aura that the bones typically have around them, is the shields larger like, they have this kind of wave of uneasiness. Does it hit a little bit sooner than maybe what we experienced? Yeah, that's a great question. So that actually probably also precedes him into the room. And it's not that it's a larger one, but it is a more intense one. I don't know how you guys, how your characters would feel about this, but you had you had some time to kind of get used to that feeling as much as a mortal can. And then we're absent of it for uh, for several days. And you feel it, and it is back even stronger than it was before when you were traveling with the fortunate. It would be something that you, on a physiological yeah. level, reconnect with. Yeah. Like, it, it feels nostalgic and bittersweet and uneasy, of course, but mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes with it now. It's almost if your body expects to see the fortunate right. around the corner, and then it's the someone shoot. else. Yeah. Yeah. The shield walks in and gets to a, an almost like military straight back detention and again kind of clangs as he does and says, Golden Tree Guilders, 
I am pleased to see you have returned safely, and pleased to hear that you may offer some respite for those of us who have become untethered. We will discuss the rest presently, and he nods, and then just kind of walks across the room and then stands like a statue against the wall. There's kind of an awkward couple of minutes. I don't know if you guys are doing small talk or not, or just waiting, because again, awkward pre-meeting times. Like, so, how was that Lipinski meeting last week, right? Mm -hmm. I would, as part of the small talk with Garnak, tell him that Lorana did ask after him. By this point, Berga has, like, given refreshments to people, right? And he, like, snorts in his yeah. drink <laughs> as you say that. And he just, like, looks at you, and it, like, short-circuits his brain a little bit. And he just kind of nods into his team. He's like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Val mm-hmm. will kind of add on to that, just being like, yeah, it was really weird how she got mad that you enlarged my sky whale. I was so confused by that. And, like, Val just kind of, like, mumbling a little bit out loud and, like, thinking to herself about, like, why that would be and just be like, man, it's so weird. You told her about that? Oh. I mean, she asked how we first met and, like, that was it. So I told her the story. Oh. Yeah. We almost didn't make it out of that one. (laughs) No. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then with no accompanying knock and kind of coming from the back of the house, actually, you see a cloaked figure. As they kind of step into the doorway, they lower their hood and you recognize them very clearly as Vina Calvada, who you've also met before. She is kind of a very regal looking person where you can see when you look at Vina Calvada, you can see is like, ah, that person looks like royalty where they just have this bearing of command about them. They have this kind of presence and they have this very lovely dark skin and just kind of is looking at you all, taking you all in at once and nods. She's not wearing any of her uniform that she would usually be wearing, but just walks in and she says, uh, apologies for being the last one here. Thank you all for agreeing to meet and thank you all, of course, for what it sounds like you've already done for the city. Kaskarin at this point, once everyone is a little bit more settled, will bring up the map again. And a lot of the initial discussion is where we went, what we saw, what we did, obviously. But Yeah, the the route we took kind yeah. of to Deepwood and then from there covering a lot of ground both right. across the map and uh, story-wise. Right. There's a little bit where he skips over what we saw at Lorana's, but the salient points that he tries to get across are we did find a way to retether the bones that have gone feral, but we do need some additional information that's in the restricted section of the Agmar Library. And I think Val and Sel would hop in at various points to kind of discuss, like, on the way to those discoveries, we encountered a new yet familiar foe in the shepherd. They seemed quite powerful and interconnected to several events that have occurred. But to what extent, we don't know. But is something that Val would definitely discuss with the group here. 
it seems that there is something much larger going on here. We were attacked by a creature that had invaded Maleska's mindscape, hinting at a glorious war of some kind. And it seems it's not just the smoke creatures. It's not just the shepherd. It's some sort of coordination against the mortals of this realm. Kaskrin, as you're saying this, Vina and the shield are both totally still just kind of nodding or taking in the information. No strong reactions, just waiting for the presentation to be over, basically. And it really strikes you as a, like, kind of town guard, a soldiery kind of reaction to all this information of just hearing everything that you guys have to download. As you kind of wind down, giving all this information, Vina is looking at this map and thinking. And there is a pregnant pause, an almost awkward pause, as everyone is processing the incredible amount (laughs) of information that you guys have shared. Then Vina kind of snaps out of it, and she looks at you guys very earnestly and says, first of all, thank you for what you've done once again for the city. Thank you for what you've done for the bones already. And I'm sorry that it was so eventful. That is certainly always the risk of going outside the city walls, but seems like this was harder than most. She just kind of looks around at you all and then her eyes kind of settle on the shield and the shield, you know, kind of nods back at her. They both kind of turn to look at you guys and Vina says, all right, one thing at a time. You had a mission. You succeeded in the mission. Finding this sorceress and obtaining some promise for help for our allies, the Bones. Now, where did you leave things with the library? I know that there had been approval for you getting into the restricted section, and Garnak nods and is like, uh, yeah, yeah. Lorana earlier, she had said that she needed some stuff from there before, and Vina just nods and takes it in. Val would have, as part of the presentation, given out a, each person a list of the must-have books right. for fixing and the if you want an on-call service to fix any armbands. Like, she would have given a list out. Vina is, like, looking at this list, and she kind of, like, sighs. I know and appreciate that they are meticulous in their paperwork. And I say that as someone who appreciates paperwork. Have you guys received permission already to retrieve any amount of books from the restricted section. What have you guys already gotten the go-ahead for? That's where we were hoping you would come in, Vina. As of yet, we have not contacted the library board for any approvals. And I think something of this level would need to go higher than them. Some of these books are dangerous. Most of them are unique. 
and the only ones of their kind. And so, obviously, we need approval to take them out. But I think, again, this goes higher than just what the library can provide. As you'll see on your parchment, my biggest concern is about the Liber Morte, the grimoire that is a powerful artifact in itself and adding the knowledge it contains to it would grant the reader especially one of the sorceress power an incredible boost to the magic they would be able to perform Garnack nods and kind of comes up behind you and is like I didn't know exactly what she was going to want or whatever now that I know that that is in there I am not surprised that that's what she wants. Garnack, are you able to speak to hypotheses of what she would use it for? I can try. Well, so first, I don't know any of the rest of the books on there. Do, do you guys? Val probably has like... Well, I guess we just got here last night, so she hasn't been able to research all right. of Right, and yet. yeah, other than... Other she would have than, a vague idea of most of what they allude to, mm-hmm. but not, like, the details of Other them. than Courting the Coriander King, volume, first mm-hmm. edition signed, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Ca- luckily Kaskarin was familiar with. That one we can't... Actually, I feel like <laughs> Val might not be super familiar with that yet. I don't know if she's gone through her romance phase yet. <laughs> she's only 18. It could have been, like, mm, fiction. No. <laughs> Selv will kind of turn and, and direct this question more towards Val and Garnack. When it comes to a grimoire, can the spells inside of it be copied so that the knowledge in the book is not lost if we have to turn that over? Garnack is like, um, so I'm not really like a book magic person. So I don't know. Val? I got you. So with a grimoire, half of it, its value is insight into the people who put it together and it would take years to study to really gain that nuance. But knowing what we know about Lorana and her estimated age she has that time and has that power and intelligence to really get the full power of this book out which would bring her a significant boost to her power the knowledge like the words can be copied but that magical effect would be lost Val has not had time to look into this book to know who wrote it who the authors are but knowing what she knows about Lorana she has an inkling as to who it could be and if it is any of them it's scary to think the power that could be held within that that tome so, Checkers kind of falls over on the ground at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Checkers has been hearing little bits and pieces of this <laughs> conversation as he's been like coming back and forth from unconsciousness. Oh, I feel like he was just pretending to be asleep. Oh, yeah. Trying to get out of the <laughs> Could be both. Yeah. And you know what Lorana's favorite member of the Pentarchy was? It was Celestia Dreamweaver. Ooh, can you say that? Oh, can I say that? It I, was. So, so here's what's interesting. I think I, I'm going to allow it because it is sort of personal information, but is not. It's like, what's her favorite app at Bell Peppers? It's mm-hmm. like, well, is that how much? How revealing is yeah. that? For now, I'm going to allow it, and we we, we can edit it out later. Somehow, it breaks and the also, entire yeah, campaign. Also, it, it doesn't. It doesn't reveal her location. It doesn't reveal right. You know her mode and of too much about her past. Even like anyone, as gross as it sounds, any Checkers has a favorite member yeah, of the Pentarchy. Exactly. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Checkers, noted Pentarchy expert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> points out, hey, mm. you know what? Lorana's favorite member of the Pentarchy was Celestia Dreamweaver, and she had the Shroud of Resurrection. Maybe that book has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Checkers passes out again. He just wakes up to make one very salient point, <laughs> yeah. and then that's all the energy he has. That is that is his contribution to today's meeting. He's <laughs> just coming in and out of unconsciousness to make points about the Pentarchy. Jonathan really just needs a chance to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and he is, his vehicle is Checkers, and he will use it out again. Vina looks at you guys and once again, kind of stroking her chin and biting her, her lip a little bit, unfroze her brow and looks at you all and says, all right, well, I don't know enough about these books. And it sounds like, unfortunately, collectively, we don't know enough about these books. But I am happy to go on your behalf to ask the library, A, if they know have any more information about what these are and how much persuading they would need to part with them. Any of them or all of them. Vina, if you would be amenable, I would like to do my own research into these works uh, as you know my background and I think I would be very helpful in this endeavor. I agree. I was about to suggest the same. I like to know about the guilders who are in the city and it would be foolish to not ask you as a member of the illustrious Atheum, like you said, with your background, your expertise, to go researching. And Catherine pipes up, I mean, I know a lot about one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not going to say which one. <laughs> Vina is still holding on to this list and, like, looks down at the list, scans it, and then looks up at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Ms. Carter would appreciate whatever help that she could get. Just kind of gives a final nod. of like, <laughs> all right, well, it's fine. <laughs> I don't need to know more. Selv will actually speak up at this point and say, thank you, Captain, for going on our behalf. If it's possible, would it carry more weight if both you and the S.H.I.E.L.D. presented this to the library as a united front? She kind of hesitates at that. And she turns to the shield again, who's kind of lurking and has been totally silent, has been participating and has been craning over and reading the lists. And maybe also was looking at Kaskrin when he said that he was an expert in one of these books. And I'm not going to tell you which, but hasn't said a word this whole time. She looks up at the shield and looks back at you guys. I wish that were as useful as it should be. 
people here, not all, but enough, still have complicated feelings around the members of the Bones, specifically around their roles in the Pentarchy, as they do of me. I presume that some of you at least know my connections to the former rulers of this place. Val nods her head like, yeah, yeah, you're like a distant (laughs) granddaughter? How many... I, think I don't remember the exact generations, but her family ruled in Agmar. Yeah, exactly. It's basically Under her, the Pentarchy. Her, gra- her grandparents were like the last dukes, basically, mm-hmm. of, of Agmar. I knew that. Kaskrin <laughs> definitely knew that. Kaskrin is the one who told all of yep, exactly. Kaskrin <laughs> communicated that information. Yes. Uh, and she says, the shield and I have an understanding. We work often in proxy. And that it is no sign of disrespect. That is unfortunately just how it must be. This is where politics enter into things. And no offense to you, but you are guilders and should only be so involved in the political machinations of a city. Val, like, raises both her hands. as like, please just leave me to my books. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, all right, I will be... In contact with you all as soon as I am able about next steps, and we will proceed accordingly. Thank you all again for this meeting, and thank you for what you've done. I'll speak to you all again soon. And she kind of like straightens up and, you know, kind of comes to attention. And then before anyone else walks out kind of the back door, Garnack also kind of looks around and is like, I'm going to head to the library, I guess. There's a couple more runes that I wasn't sure about kind of around the restricted section that I want to be sure to crack if we're doing this, like, soonish. Um, Sorry about Lorana. (laughs) (laughs) It was a weird time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, like, kind of hangs his head (laughs) and walks out. Finally, it's just the shield who is still in there. And he, you know, kind of in that weird bones way is totally still and then goes into motion and turns to you all and says. I understand that you have what remains of the fortunate. Yes, Um, please follow me. And Val will lead the shield into the conference room where the guilders have as respectfully as possible laid the fortunate out on the conference room table as that's the one place they really had to kind of lay the fortunate to rest in a respectful way and in a way that wasn't dumping them out of a haversack when the shield arrived. I imagine, too, next to the weapon that they have at their side, there is also a deck of cards and also a sum of money. There's a lot of... There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of copper, copper pieces. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of like that mummy burial, like this is what yeah, you yeah. take into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. This is like, here's how we send you to the next stage. The shield kind of enters into this room and... Doesn't really stop abruptly, but stops and just observes for a moment. 
And then he steps forward and kind of gets over the table a little bit and is just kind of looking at their form, looking at the vines that are still snaking in and around it and has even pulled some of the armor apart a little bit and warped it. He reaches down and picks up the deck of cards, turning it over in his hand. And he says, thank you for recovering them. He kind of straightens up and doesn't look at you guys and just kind of looks at the opposite wall. When we are able to recover the remains of our fallen comrades, there is a ceremony that we do. It is one of our few, but it is sacred to us. He turns and looks at you all and says, I believe that they would wish for you to attend. We will hold it after you have gone to the restricted section and hopefully after our comrades have been fixed. That feels appropriate. And also, we want to ensure that the four of you do not die in the process. And Burger like spits out tea in the background. <laughs> and just her eyes go wide, but the shield continues. As I said before, duty is what matters most to us. It, more than anything, is what defines us. It is what gives us our purpose. And it is the greatest of honors to fall alongside your comrades against a foe. Kaskrin at this point, especially with the shield's speech of the words, you know, duty is what defines us, is starting to process the fortunate's loss a little bit more. He's finally letting himself feel those feelings of like, hey, they're actually gone. The shield walks across the room to a semi-conscious checkers. He kind of looms over you and, and mm-hmm. maybe you are woken up by the, the intensity of the aura. Yeah. And in this, again, this kind of deep, bassy, resonant voice says, The fortunate spoke well of all of you, but you included Sir Checkers. You will have the duty of ensuring the safety of their remains until the ceremony. This does not have a title, but it is very sacred to us. Please do us the honor of this. Nate, I'm going to be the bounty keeper. You all have done much. Unfortunately, there is always more to do. Godspeed to you all. And he pauses for a second and walks out. And then it is just the four of you standing in this room with the remains of the fortunate. And that is where we'll end this week's episode, everyone. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Yay! Uh, It's weird to cheer. Yay! 
was definitely just crying in right, the corner. Same, and right? as, as that as that aura departed her, she's just like sobbing even harder now. Of just like she's just gonna be in a puddle for a You have the bag with fortunate. Sorry, before like yeah. side note, I think before the shield would come, Val would ask for the fortunate and actually kind of like lay them to rest almost like in the conference room, like gotcha. in, in a, a respectful cool. way cool. so that like when the shield came, potentially could like pick them up, but know that we had like stored them yeah. in cool. a respectful manner. Uh, let's well, I'll say that I'll I'll say that in the in the it's thing. It's not like story wise no, important yeah. off screen for no, totally I think fine, it's, but I like, think it's lovely. Yeah. I Sophie have just been like Checkers cannot just handle yeah. right, totally, dump yeah. out the fortunate yeah. from the haversack. Like Val would die. <laughs> just shake it out. Yeah. The head's in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs>